0: Fab Lab Podcast, episode 76. Don't judge me. Welcome to the Fab Lab, the stone industry's only podcast dedicated exclusively to the business side of your stone shop, where we focus on improving operations inside the business so we can experience more life outside of it. So let's get down to business. Welcome back to another episode of the Fab Lab Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Crowley, here with my co-host... Wesley Rice. Wes, it's good to be back with you. Hey, it's great to be back, Aaron. Yeah, yesterday we did an interview, which is going to be coming down the pike here pretty quick. Yeah. So we're back at it again today, though, mm-hmm. for this week's episode, episode 76. We're going to talk about not prejudging the people that we might be following up on. In last week's episode, we talked about follow-up, and we told the story of our own failure to manage follow-up with a new salesperson, the consequences of lost sales, the absolute necessity, the importance of following up systematically. We talked about the document that we uh, that we created, and in that process, you know, getting back to that series we did on expectations, defining and more thoroughly defining our expectations about follow up for this new sales rep in our sales department, following up on these retail leads. And as we were scrambling through our available leads to try and close, we observed this, or observed and listened to this statement. Oh well. That one's not worth following up on. And then, you know, seven or 10 or 15 later, well, that, that's a waste of time. And wait, 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 whoa, wow. You know, hold on a second. What do you mean that's a waste of time? We spent a lot of money generating that inquiry, qualifying the lead, scheduling the appointment, going and doing the sales presentation, sending the quote. And now we've decided we're not going to follow up because we've judged in advance that it's not worth our time well, we wrote into our essential expectations and the order of operations for follow-up. We don't prejudge. And so, Wes, you and I were talking on the way back yesterday from that interview about a, a story that really illustrated this. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about that today. If you think it's worthwhile to follow up, this is also another really important factor to consider because our tendency as human beings is to make judgments. It is to operate on a gut level. We, we have certain perceptions that may or may not be accurate, and if those are influencing who we follow up with, we might be losing out on sales opportunities. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that's what we're going to talk about today. Just so you know, that document, this very morning, I emailed that document to uh, somebody in the Fab Lab audience, emailed me and said, hey, great episode, Uh, can you send me the document? And so, I went ahead and emailed that off. And so, if you listened to last week's episode, episode 75, Falling Down, then following up on this topic... I made the offer that if you'd like the document that we actually created to better manage this position and this task, feel free, visit AaronCrawley.com. You can go to the connect button right there on the homepage, send me a message and I will respond uh, with this document for you just so you can see what it is that we're talking about. Yeah, you can do that at AaronCrawley.com. And now a word from our sponsor, NoLiftSystem.com. NoLiftSystem has a couple of announcements to make, some pretty big news Number one, they just received the fourth patent on this device. Whoa, whoa, whoa. fourth patent? There are four patents now on the no-lift install system. So you're telling me this isn't just a glorified drywall
1: card? It's actually got a patent, (laughs) four patents on there?
0: Four patents. And actually, there's probably, I think, six or seven still being considered. Oh, fantastic. Now, to answer your question, no, this is not a glorified sheetrock card. Mm -hmm. The amount of engineering, the amount of work, the amount of research, uh, and the manufacturing that is behind this device that mechanically lifts, rotates, and then rolls heavy and awkward shaped countertops onto cabinets without putting that wear and tear on installers, without requiring additional shop guys to go to the field to get those counters in. It's not a glorified sheetrock cart. It is an absolutely state-of-the-art installation device. So fourth patent, probably more to come if the U.S. Patent Office (laughs) agrees with the applications. So other cool bit of news, No Lift Install System has its own booth at Tice this year. The International Surface event, No Lift Install System is going to be there in their own booth this year, booth number 4247. So last year, the Stone Fabricators Alliance allowed No Lift to do a demo. It was a 1-hour demo on one day and kind of the, the interesting story was was that the cart didn't show up on the day that they were supposed to do the demo and it happened the next day. Well, this year things are going to be different. Well, actually in a sense they're not going to be different. No Lift is still going to be doing a demo in the SFA cage. Thank you Stone Fabricators Alliance. The other cool thing is we're sharing this booth 4247 with Stone Pro who is unveiling another revolutionary device for material handling in the field. You see, for decades now, cranes, forklifts, booms, vacuum lifters, clamps, all manner of material handling equipment has existed for moving slabs and cut countertops in the shop, but nothing has existed in the field. That is changing. So if you come to Tice this year, if you come to Vegas, January 28th, 29th, and 30th, visit booth number 4247. See the no-lift install system and the no-lift team and you're going to see other things that are going to blow your mind as it relates to installing granite and quartz countertops. Okay, so now back to our topic. You know, so as we were talking about this, you posed a really interesting question. What was it?
1: Yeah, so so following up, here's a question for you. If you had to choose who to follow up with, and you had three options. The first one being a giant mansion, very affluent, nice cars in the driveway. Second one being a average. 90s traditional house, average and the third one being an older house, maybe let go a little bit, uh, maybe older cars in the driveway. W- which one would you follow up with?
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's the question of the hour. And, and it's not just the home value, I think, that we can make that assessment with. We might make that same assessment with the kind of cars that the owners of those homes drive up to our showrooms mm-hmm. in. We may not see the cars that they drove in, but the attire that they have How they're dressed, yeah. in our showroom we make those judgments it's just it's kind of how we're hardwired it's one of the the negative aspects of our character our default is to judge it's a gut feeling this guy can or can't afford or this gal can or can't afford this high you know a high-end luxury product called granite and quartz countertops and and the answer to that question is what we're going to deal with right now so it's really interesting ladies and gentlemen if you don't know this already no Nolift is a sponsor of the Fab Lab podcast, and Wes and I have a very personal connection to Nolift install system. I'm one of the co-founders. Wes has been responsible for 100% of the marketing of the Nolift install system. And so if you didn't know that already, now you know the couch out of the bag. <laughs> so a very similar experience I had in the initial year of, of selling the Nolift install system, one of our sales reps had scheduled three demos. Our, one of our sales reps is a, is a remote sales guy. He had three demos that he scheduled for me up in Seattle. We're in Portland. So I threw a couple of carts in the trailer, drove you know, four or five hours up to Seattle. And I've got these three accounts. To your point, mansion, average house, dump. Three different fabricators. First one is a guy that's been in the business, owned his own business for 30 years, is so stoved up from his past install experience, he can't even stand up long enough for me to do the demo. And now his son is doing the installations. Okay, that's the first demo I did. Second demo, similar. Newer business, two partners. One of them, so stoved up from installing as a contract installer for a big box store producer, he can't install anymore. So he runs the shop and his partner does all the installs. I'm thinking, well, this is obvious. Third demo I do (laughs) is for a gal. Early 30s. Started a tile store did so well with this tile store, she added a fab shop to it. So I do three demos. Now, the interesting thing was my perception about those prospects and who was the most likely to buy was 180% wrong. Why do you think that is? Well, I don't know why it is, but all I can tell you is, is if, we had prejudged who we were going to do those demos for. The first two would have been, I would obvious. think, obvious slam dunks, and I would have said, you know, I just, I've been in this business my whole career. I'm a gal in her early 30s who has a tile store. She's probably never picked up a piece of stone. Not being not sexist, yeah. but just mm-hmm. judging based on my perception, I'm thinking the people that are going to see the need for this device are so obviously going to be the ones who have suffered the negative effects of installing. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen. After three demos, one of those people went into their office and cut a check and bought a card. Clearly uh, guy number two or number one. One of those two, right? Wrong. Ah. <laughs> it was the gal. <laughs> That's been like three or four years ago mm. and it still is so vivid. And the It just illustrates this point that we can prejudge somebody's either willingness or more often than not, their ability to pay. And so bringing this back to countertop sales, if we're going to be qualifying, if we're going to be quoting and, or qualifying, if we're going to be qualifying, if we're going to be making a sales presentation, if we're going to be quoting it and then following up, if we get to that follow-up stage and that natural tendency, that default kicks in and like our sales gal, that prejudging of who's worth following up on we're shooting ourselves in the foot because I think you can be in the industry a long time, mm-hmm. and you get to the point where like,
1: oh, I know my clients. I know I I, I got this. I know this yeah. better than what has been told to me that they were pre-qualified. Yep. I I can override that, and I know better. Yep.
0: Well, and back in the day when I used to do a lot of the sales presentations, our on sites is what we called them. I never set those appointments. I just would get my schedule and I'd take my stuff and drive, and I'd show up to job sites going, what. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I drove all the way across town for, uh, you know, and might I have even rushed to the presentation prejudging whether, only to find out, w- wait, what, we closed that sale? Well, they came in and bought. It happened time and time and time again. And I know you experienced a similar thing. You were a major up tech here for, what, 10 years or something? Yeah, yeah. I'm, so one of the things when we go out to measure
1: is – we focus on upsells. We look for yeah. If I'm out there measuring, where's a vanity? Where's an extra counter we can measure? And oftentimes I show up and I look at the address, then look at the house, then look at the address in my in my profile, and I look back and look and, I, and I'm like, hold up, am I at the right house? <laughs> right. I remember one specific. I, I went in there and it was a modest house, wasn't fancy, just what, average. Uh, average, yeah. And one of the things was to offer an upsell, like, yeah. hey, is there any counters I can measure? Like I said, and this this one house I went to, they're like, you know what? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and measure all my counters and my bathtub and everything? And it turned out to be a $5,000 upsell. <laughs> it was it's probably more than the kitchen. It, it was pretty close because it was a small galley kitchen. Huh? And for them just to, yeah, sure, why not? I I learned a valuable lesson at that, yeah. at that time is, is – don't don't prejudge.
0: Yeah, and so that comes back to this protocol that we're talking about and answering your question, which one do you follow up on? Well, if you've got a practice as a major up technician, this kind of goes back to what Jeffrey Grant was talking about in that in the interview a couple of episodes ago, the potential for upselling. But if you prejudge their their willingness or their ability to pay for those upsells, you may, if it's not clear, if it's not you know, absolutely um if, if the standard isn't defined, you know, is that, is that the expectation that the owner or the manager has? Well, salesperson, why don't you go ahead and just judge which ones are worth following up on? Ah, uh, well, is that a, is that going to be the most effective way to maximize all of that investment that you've made up to that point? Do you, do you leave it up to a major up technician to say, well, use your best judgment as to who?
1: Cause I almost walked out that door and I was like, it's not worth my time to say anything. I, I. I know the answer before I even ask. <laughs> right. Right. And shut my mouth because yeah. it was well, the exact opposite. It,
0: what you said, I already know. Yeah. It's it's my, my gut, it's my intuition, it's my perception. And you had mentioned, you know, as we were talking about this, the millionaire next door. Mm-hmm. That's the interesting thing about our intuition is so oftentimes wrong, it's not supported by the data. Yeah. And that same thing is true about you know that study. Everybody's perception is that the the affluent home, the nice cars, dressed to the nines, those are the people with the wealth. Mm-hmm. And the data doesn't support it. No. It's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not the exact opposite, but it, compared to what we believe to be the yeah. case naturally. And so if that is influencing whether or not we follow up.
1: Because they're not intentional beliefs. Yeah. They're probably not even aware they're having them. Yeah. And yet they're acting on them.
0: Yep. And it's our experiences yeah. that we've had mm-hmm. that factor into sort of the, the beliefs that we begin to kind of formulate. And, and and a lot of times stereotypes are true because there's a lot of truth to them. But they're not always true. Yeah. And if you let those stereotypes or those, it's not, it's not that you have bad will or that, that you're a, a bad person. It's just, that's just how we are.
1: You're trying to be efficient with your time yeah. and maximize to move on to the next thing. Yep. But the reality is if they have, like you said, been pre-qualified, yep. then it, really nothing else matters, and you should treat them everybody the same. Yeah.
0: So what's the answer to that original question? The affluent house, the average house, or the kind of dumpy house that has mowed the grass in a couple of months, which one do you follow up on? Uh, D, all the above. All the above. <laughs> they all get followed yes. up on. Ladies and gentlemen, f- friends, followers, fans of the Fab Lab podcast, if you're sending out quotes... And you're thinking, yeah, you know what, I listened to that last episode. We do gotta follow up. If you leave it up to the discretion of the individual to use their intuition, the distinct possibility is is that some very highly qualified, very likely to close opportunities are gonna be missed, they're gonna be overlooked because of that tendency to prejudge. Is this a waste of my time? So ladies and gentlemen uh, this, is, this is so important to the sales system. You can do everything right, everything right, and even say we're going to follow up, we're going to add that to our sales process if we're not already doing. But if in the midst of that it's not crystal clear, if the standard hasn't been established, we follow up on everybody the same, you're going to lose sales. Mm-hmm. All that work, all that effort, all that time, all that money invested is lost. To your point about the upsell. Same thing. All 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 of that opportunity just out the window, out the door. And uh, who wouldn't like to have an extra five or ten thousand dollars, in in you know daily dollar demand, in the uh you know on the schedule every month? Be huge, transformational.
1: Yeah, because if you go to the point, like you said, of qualifying, scheduling the on-site, and giving a bid, and then you're like the last minute. You know, I know better than this. It's, it doesn't make sense when you put it like that, but oftentimes it just goes into practice. Yep. You know, unconsciously people do it and because mm-hmm. they've been doing it a long time. Yep. It, and they're like, oh yeah, I, I know this. I've been doing it for 20 years. Right. I trust my gut.
0: Yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, are you going to trust your gut or are you going to put a process in place that systematically overcomes that inclination to produce a better result in your business? That's the question. The other question is the, the term you mentioned. A qualified lead, that brings up a very important point about this sales process and this theme that we've been on. It's so long as they're qualified. And so next week, the next episode, episode 77, we're gonna talk about how to qualify. Qualifying leads so you determine whether or not it's worth all of that expense of scheduling an appointment, doing a presentation, doing a quote, and then following up. It's not just using your gut there is a systematic way to identify people who actually are more likely than not to buy from you. You really can reduce the number of quotes that you do and increase the number of sales that you close. It's counterintuitive, it's kind of a paradox, but it's absolutely true. If you're operating off of a systematic approach as opposed to your gut. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna deal with that topic in the next episode. In the meantime, Make sure that you visit aaroncrowley.com. If this topic of follow-up, if you'd like to see a document, the actual document that we're implementing to to shore up this aspect of our sales process, the follow-up with a particular individual, particular position within our sales department, visit aaroncrowley.com. click connect, fill out the form, just say, hey, Aaron, I'd like to get a copy of that procedure. I will immediately turn around and send it to you. You can also take the Stone Shop Business Assessment. It is a 20-point assessment of your business and your relationship to it as the owner. Very enlightening, very illuminating to kind of dig into each of the four core categories of success within your business. You can take that assessment as well. You can also check out the How to Work With Me page. If you ever thought about having a more formal conversation with me, would love to do that as well. So ladies and gentlemen, visit AaronCrowley.com. In the meantime, make sure you support our sponsors and this week's sponsor, No Lift Install System. And make sure you tune in next week for our next episode of the Fab Lab Podcast. Until then, happy fabricating.